Hello everyone and welcome to Fail Succeed. It's a beautiful sunny morning in London. Joining us is H. Hello H. They've been making hay. What, why is the sun is shining? Yeah, no, they literally have. Where I live, a nice run of weather, time to make hay. Okay, excellent. And has that brought on your allergies? No, not. I don't have any allergies. But what? Um, I don't have any allergies. I always assume because you're a very sickly looking man. <laughs> that is because I live in a studio, so I'm I'm basically underground all day, and I don't see the sunlight. You're not really sickly no. looking. Well, I'm turning into Gollum in this uh, windowless room at the moment. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, I can. And there's zero natural light where you are. No, none at all. Wow. And so, but you get there at like eight in the morning. Uh, yep, and I spray vitamin D under my tongue to try and counteract the fact that I'm essentially a uh, a blind salamander in here. H, let's jump straight into this. Our fail this week is a sad story um, in the sense that a lot of people will lose their jobs. Is Jamie Oliver, the celebrity chef, his restaurant chain is closing down. You saw this, right, H? Yeah. So 22 of the 25 restaurants in his group have now closed and over a thousand people are going to lose their jobs. The 15 in Cornwall, not the one in London, the one in London is closing. So that's in Watergate Bay in Cornwall, isn't it? Yeah. Correct. Have you been? I have been, yeah. I had a fry up there quite soon after. After it opened beautiful it's near, it's near new key it's kind of um overlooking the sea beautiful place i mean i thought the fry up was good but small but i have to say i did go to jamie's italian a few months back and it was fine it's exactly what you expect right and it was kind of chain food and the quality wasn't bad but it just wasn't exciting and it was a sterile environment and i can understand why that is not going to survive very long yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're not great, Jamie's Italians. I, th- I think I went when they first opened and they were all right, but they've over- they overexpanded the whole thing. And also, if you look at the units that they're based in, they tend to be quite big. People now want something a bit more individual. It's not really an appealing thing to go, you don't think instantly, oh, should we go to Jamie's Italian? And as you said, I don't think the value was particularly there. They were small small plates of inconsistent food that were at the kind of higher end of the mid, mid-range price point. That's it. Yeah. You don't go, I'm really excited about this when you're sat there. Whereas if you go to some cool independent restaurant, you do get that. And interestingly, on the quality of the food, I don't know if you saw this comparison of two food reviews done when they first opened in Oxford in 2008 and one done at the end of last year. Listen to this. The first one is The Guardian's restaurant critic, Matthew Norman, in 2008. If Jamie can replicate this early Oxford form, he will soon be driving a prize herd of recession-proof cash cows across the land. That was the first branch yeah. of his franchise. And then a decade later, in the Sunday Times, Marina O'Loughlin wrote about the Jamies in Westfield, Stratford, your old neck of the woods. Yep. Uh, she ordered tagliatella with truffles and she wrote, appalling, a honking, salty swamp of a sauce, brown and dusty with nutmeg, tiny chunks, not shavings, of tasteless black truffle lurk around like mouse poos in soup. <laughs> <laughs> quite harsh right and the rest and was history i think it's a real shame because i i mean it's no secret i absolutely love jamie oliver i know he's a i know he's a divisive figure um but i've always don't I've you thought, find him annoying though not really because I, I i'm I'm just happy that someone like that's out there to kind of enthuse he's enthused so many people to pick up pots and pans and, and have a go at it i know that's kind of that some people get really annoyed by his old oh, pucker throw a bit of that in there i think yeah i think he's done loads of, i think he's done loads of good i think um he's encouraged people to to try things they wouldn't try uh, he's, he's kind of demystified the whole, whole process but i think maybe that's what you should do is just go back to doing what he does best writing 
recipe books, making good food shot in gorgeous locations and generally enthusing people. So that was our fail. Very sad. Let's move on to something more cheerful, H. Our success this week. And this is a great story, isn't it? This is about a guy who has made a lot of money and has given back. And not just in a sort of a small way, in a big way. This is a guy called Robert Smith, private equity tycoon, who is worth, I think he's worth, what is he worth? He's worth about $5 billion. He was giving a speech at the graduation ceremony of Morehouse College in Atlanta. He uh, decided to pledge to wipe out all of their college debt. So all the students, he's going to wipe out their debt. And that could be worth up to $31 million. It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? Is he clearing all their debt or just their fees? And if so, are they going to have to provide receipts for their expenses? Will some be non-redeemable or is it everything? That is a very good point and I've got no idea. So I can imagine him going, right, okay, I'll pay the textbooks and the trip to see your grandmother, but that lappy you had in Reno last fall is a (laughs) no-no, as are the 10 shots of Zambuca that you slurped off Big Jeff's man boobies. (laughs) A little insight there into (laughs) H's college days. (laughs) Yeah, that is interesting. I would assume it's um, just the the kind of the actual student debt, and I don't know how that works. The fees, the actual fees, the school fees, yeah. Yeah, because he can't be doing it for everything. Like you'd be thinking, you'd be like, "Why didn't I buy a Ferrari? I'd have bought three Ferraris and a gimp suit." <laughs> Why would you have bought a gimp suit? It would feel frivolous if I had to pay for it myself. Yeah, but if someone else is paying for you, it's got a lot of meaning, has it? A gimp suit. Yes. Well, yeah, because I'd never have one unless someone bought me one. And would you get just a regulation gimp suit? Or would you get one with a dog head? <laughs> <laughs> I get a horse one with hooves. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> would you drive the Ferrari in your gimp suit? Yes, and the gimp suit would be red, Ferrari red. Yeah, but you couldn't, um, you'd be like a middle-aged uh, Britney Spears in that toxic video. Not toxic, <laughs> whatever. You could not drive a Ferrari with the hooves gimp suit. You'd have to have normal hands. No, I'd have hand attachments on the end of the hooves. <laughs> I, I think that might make it tricky to drive nonetheless. It's worth a try, isn't it? Um, so excellent. You would have, if you had that money, you would have bought a gimp suit and a Ferrari. I mean, that sounds like money well spent. <laughs> That's our success. Robert Smith, a very generous man. H, we're moving on now to what is fast becoming the media event of the week. People tweet about it, sets the socials on fire. They can't mm. get enough of it. And it's what you learnt on your travels. So mm. what have you got for us this week? That's kind of you to say, Dom. Yeah, this one, lie, but, you know. Sure, sure. This one is from closer to home, actually. As you're well aware, I spent a lot of my childhood in Cornwall. And something happened to me. It was, it was kind of humiliating, this story. But I'll go with it anyway. Once a year, they have the Cornish gig racing in my village, Goran Haven, where traditional Cornish rowing boats from around the country come and have this race. And at the end of the race, everyone goes up to the Lawn Rock pub and they have a bit of a party. And they have a bale tossing competition. Have you ever seen bale tossing? Are you, are you familiar with the, the rules of bale tossing and what, what the whole thing's about? I've seen caber tossing and probably some other kinds of tossing, but not hay tossing. <laughs> Okay, well, well, bale tossing. Imagine like two, almost like a rugby goal, two kind of sticks, two huge poles, and then there's um, a crossbar which is attached to two ropes on either side, which means it can be uh, raised or lowered. Then what happens is there's a bale in front of it and you're given a pitchfork. You mean like a hay bale? Like a hay bale, exactly. Yeah. And you're given a pitchfork and you have to plant the 
pitchfork into the bale and in one motion hike it up and over the bar and gradually the bar gets higher and higher. So the winner is the person who gets it over the highest height on, of, this, okay. of this bar. It's, it's the big event. It's the main event at post-gig party. I was one of the first people there. And I looked at this bale and I thought, that's got to be pretty easy. I'm, you know, I'm a big enough guy. I reckon, I, can, I reckon I've got a crack at this. So I put my name down. You have to sign down for the competition. The competition started. I was feeling pretty confident. A lot of friends there. I was like, yeah, it's great. It's going to be great. And then they announced that it was the kids' competition that started. <laughs> and the bail that I'd seen was for the children, for the under-10s. So when the actual main event happened, this tractor arrives with this massive bail. And suddenly from nowhere, these Neanderthal farmer boys, uh, who obviously do this every year, and it's their kind of big calendar event, the hay bale tossing competition, emerged from the fields. And uh, they were they were big lads, I'll be honest. I didn't really fancy my chances after that. Anyway, I uh, in the spirit of the event... Presumably they'd spent the whole year running up to this, practising their tossing. Exactly, exactly. Every single day. So, I mean, I, I had a go, and... The humiliating thing is I went up to this bale and I could barely get it up. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, everyone was laughing because it was like, who's this city slicker? Who's this, you know, non-local? So I planted the the pitchfork into the bale. I strained, I got it up, and my trousers fell down. <laughs> Shut up. Total truth. <laughs> Total truth. Trousers fell down. I was wearing kind of summer baggy kind of loose linen jobs. And obviously there was not enough um, support around my girdle. And they came down. Humiliated, I waddled back to my seat. Obviously everyone was hugely entertained, but I was very red-faced. And I sat down next to Bert Nancaro, who is the father of an old friend of mine, proper old Cornish boy. He saw how uncomfortable I was with the whole situation. And he turned to me and he said, The mollard went up the cundard and clunk to toad. Okay. And to this day, I literally have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, I was going to say I have no idea what that means, but I thought you were going to give me a very sort of deep translation of that. No, I'm sorry. I've got nothing for you this week. I, I was hoping that by putting it out there, someone might be able to help, but I have no idea what that means. Yeah, well, the story was amusing nonetheless, H. Yeah, but the, you know what the worst thing is? Go on. The worst thing is, this was a long time ago. This must be like 15 years ago, something like that, 10 years okay. ago. I was in Truro. I think I was picking up some fishing tackle or something. I was in Truro. And someone in the street said, you're the guy whose trousers came down. Shut up. Total truth. Wow. So, yeah. H, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's obviously uh, got to be a painful memory for you. Uh, I don't know what we learned from that, but that may become apparent to me and the other listeners. Good. Well, let's leave it there, H. It's been another fascinating week where I think we've we've learned a lot from each other. You're like a, a limpid pool with hidden depths. Limpid, obviously, from the Italian. Limpido, meaning clear. I didn't realise you were such a linguist, Dom, to be honest. Sure. Don't worry about it. Well, excellent. H, thank you as always. You're welcome. And we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.